You're listening to Victory by Association with Jeff Tippett, international speaker, best-selling author, and entrepreneur. This is the podcast exclusively for association executives and members. Each week, Jeff interviews association executives about their victories, igniting new ideas for you to create greater value for your members. And now, Jeff Tippett. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Jeff Tippett. I'm so grateful that you've joined us for today's episode of Victory by Association. Today's show is brought to you by Targeted Persuasion, Public Affairs and Communications. When your association has a policy prescription you're trying to advance or stop, you need the power of Targeted Persuasion, building a, a successful grassroots campaign designed to move legislators and other elected officials. When you need to win, you need Targeted Persuasion. Learn more at targetedpersuasion.com and check out the link in the show notes. Well, I am so excited, everyone, to welcome Mark uh, to the show today. Mark, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a great honor. So you're up in Canada, as I understand. Is that correct? And indeed. You see me here in, the, in my, our, our conference room uh, here at a co-working station, uh, headquarters here in Gatineau, Quebec, just in the Ottawa region, Sunday out there. Fantastic. Before we get into the meat of everything, tell us just a little bit about uh, a little bit about your background and associations. Certainly, yeah. Uh, well, I got my career started actually working for uh, a member of parliament who uh, later went on to become a minister, and he's now the premier of Alberta. Uh, we 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 parted ways later on, but uh, as I as I often say, is uh, the the only organizations would hire us poor hacks would be associations. <laughs> so uh, I, I got my career starting in, in doing public affairs and, and communications largely uh, for the Hydro, Canadian Hydropower Association, Canadian Construction Association, and throughout my career, a variety of different associations as well before uh, eventually rising to the top uh, of being an executive director and president of two national associations uh, here as well. And then in, in, uh, in, in recently now, in recent times now, I'm, I, I'm on the consultant side of things uh, as, an, with an, as an association management company owner and founder of an, an society of nonprofit board directors. That's, that's fantastic. Well, let me ask you this, Mark. I love asking my guests this question. If you would, tell us something unique or interesting about you that most people don't know. So what we're looking for, so, for something they won't find on your LinkedIn profile, but something that People say, oh, that's pretty interesting. What you got, Mark? Well, let's see. I, I, I'm a father of a wonderful little guy named uh, Simon. He's uh, five years old. Uh, awesome. we're, 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 we're sucking up the tears and imagine that tomorrow's his last day of kindergarten. Imagine that as the th time flies by. So, so we're very happy and, and getting prepared for the summer holidays of how we're going to keep him busy. Uh, <laughs> I love, I'm a, I love fishing very much and uh, we, we shall see also and uh, a, a more recent, uh, more recent initiative, we shall see where it goes. Uh, I have enrolled myself actually in uh, the Army, uh, Army Reserve Officer Training Program. So we'll see where that goes as well. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Good for you. What an interesting life you have, Mark. Well, well thank you. You know, on our show here, Mark, we talk to association executives and we share with them victories. We share successes because uh, we believe that a rising tide just raises all the ships. So if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit. Maybe you've got one particular story you want to share or a couple of stories or just some sure. ways that you found some victories for associations. Well, I don't know if we fits into the, into, the, into the victory side of things, but we can. Uh, where, where can we? Where can we start? You can talk about if you're thinking uh, along the lines of, uh, of of quick wins or suggestions there, but or maybe I can tell a little bit about my own story, if you don't mind, of of, of how I got to my point of where where I'm at with Good. the founding society of nonprofit board directors, perhaps. Let's do it. 
Okay, great. Sounds good. Well, many people, I imagine, who are going to be watching this uh, this, this this podcast are, are undoubtedly, I would imagine, executive directors. So if you're into this, hopefully you can relate to this, this story. I started my, my involvement in the not-for-profit and association world uh, many years, some 20 plus years back, first on the volunteer board side of things before uh, I, I, I actually even got into working full-time into this. And not unlike a lot of not-for-profit uh, board directors, you come to the board with hopes and aspirations that, you know, well, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be able to bring great things in. And uh, I can't believe that. I can't wait to really be able to bring my, 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 my thoughts in uh, uh, and, and to move things forward. A little believe, a little did I, I, I realize perhaps the difference of a variety of different challenges that came about or a word that was brand new to me at the time, governance. What's that? I just want to, I want to talk. I want to be, I want to be able to bring, bring some ideas uh, forward. And I, I, was, I was brought aside, and I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I was young. I didn't know. I didn't know about this. And aside, you know, the difference in the roles between what the executive director did and what the board did. Now, um, I, I won't get into too far into that experience, but the frustrating thing that I, I found was in, in that instance that it was not necessarily meeting with my expectations, my hope for this, because this was a very, very, very policy-oriented one where I had a desire to want to be able to contribute and bring my thoughts in this. So I left that, I left that role. I went into another of a different variety of, uh, of non-for-profit boards and we had the flip side of things. There was great opportunity to be able to participate, but the resources were never ever there to be able to really see things through. You could have the greatest ideas uh, imaginable, but if you didn't have the staff and the money or anything like this, be able to advance things forward, it was really challenging. So then I decided, and I, I, that's part of my, uh, my career had been advancing a little bit more that maybe if I had to have, if I wanted to have an impact on this, my, I would be probably be better off on the staff side of things. And that's where I mentioned getting my, uh, getting my, my, my feet wet, if you will, working for smaller associations where it was usually at small teams of three or four. And I'd be working hand in hand with the executive director, the CEO that might be. And I found that there were a number of things that I was progressing on to things a frustrating aspect that was coming about that the executive director and again I didn't know I didn't know I, didn't, I hadn't yet, yet ascended to the role yet had and I would we would see eye to eye on a lot of stuff then, but we'd never really be able to fully advance things very well by the time that I got to advanced in my career and got up forward in, in moving things and literally being the the, his, the, the, the two I see, the second in command, literally, to this. I was observing the dynamics that would sometimes occur between nonprofit boards and their staff. And that that conflict could sometimes just come up against this, what I call the well intentioned but often misinformed board director, of which I, I commit, I'm, I'm a reformed one of, of that, would come to this. And the conflict would come about, and unfortunately, unfortunately, I've seen this happen too often there, and in that instance right there, where the the chief staff officer can end up on the wrong end of that argument or that dis that that disagreement. So, by the time that I had come on to being a CEO or executive director, I thought that I had seen everything. I thought that I had really seen whatever like this, but it was one another thing to be actually be in that in that position 
of occupying the role where I would be seeing two sides of a bad situation, either at one end, boards that would micromanage your every little day, thing, uh, your every little day of what your operations and not let you be able to move forward on this, or other challenges that would come about where succession planning was not done correctly on, on the board, or on the flip side of it as well, Whereas I like to say there'd be boards that would be so disengaged, you'd literally have to jump onto the hood of their car to be able to get the attention on, on, the critical, on the critical elements of things. So after the last episode of that, it really forced me to, to do some introspection. I've, of course, I've given you a really quick introspection in the last 20 plus years of my career. But that last instance, I said, this is crazy. I really firmly believe that it's in associations and in its nonprofits that we have an ability to make our society a better place. But without the appropriate leadership at the top, it becomes so much, uh, so much more difficult. And we see the dysfunction happening, unfortunately, at these, at these board levels, that it really stalls their capabilities, their, their potential for things. I, this has got to be a different thing. And after chatting with a number of board directors, because I'm a, my own curiosity, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student of, of, of people experiences saying, what is going on? Jeff, I was finding out that they were, uh, the, so many boards, whether you were in, 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 in health, you were in transportation, you were in whatever kind of domain you were in your, as an association or nonprofit, they were experiencing or going through and repeating the same darn things all the time. And they had told me, from a variety of things that says it would be great if they had the opportunity to be able to connect as such and, 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 and learn from each other so that they weren't reinventing the wheel. And hence came forth the, the, the founding of the Society of Nonprofit Board Directors where we've been uh, gathering people who serve on, the non on boards of nonprofits, associations, foundations from all over, uh, all over the world and they're, and they're joining, they're connecting virtually much like we're doing right now as well. So that's, I guess that's a summary, I guess, of the story of where I'm at right now and why I'm so passionate about this, because I so firmly believe that strong nonprofits result in stronger, better society. But for that, we also have to have leadership, that strong leadership in these nonprofits as well. Yeah, I agree 100% with everything that you said. And I, for me, speaking is my primary source of, of yeah. revenue, my primary business. And I speak primarily to associations. And I have this strong love. I have passion for associations because of what you just said. They do make society a better place. They make our communities a better place. They make business a better place. Um, associations serve such a major function, a major role. So um, kudos to you for the work that you're doing. This is fantastic. Let me ask you two back-to-back -back questions here um, based upon your knowledge and your expertise. In, again, our audience here is exec, association executives and yeah. staff. What would you say to an ED CEO president of association right now that is dealing with a board that is micromanaging her to death and dealing in every single teeny tiny thing? And this person, she's trying to get out of there. She's trying to leave. She's trying to make things happen. But she's being held back by a board that micromanages. What tip or two would you give to her? First of all, my pain and my sympathies, my sympathies go out to you enormously. I've been there. I know what it's like. I want to say to you that most, from most board directors, from what I encountered, don't want to view them, don't view themselves or think of themselves as micromanagers. Nobody asks, actually does that. They, it comes from, you have to understand that it does come from, I, in most instances, in my belief, from a good place. It's just misguided. 
You, however, have a very challenging position to be put in. As somebody had put in, smarter than me at, at side, it says, Mark, your role as executive director, you need to be in the driver's seat, but don't you dare touch that steering wheel. Hmm. That's the really the, the challenge there. The first thing is, is if of, all, of, of all things, is you, you need to, hopefully you've established a good rapport with your board chair. I hope, first of all, assuming of course, that they're not the source of the micromanaging, that you can have a really good frank conversation with them. They've got to take the lead on this. I hear, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, stuff, advice out there where, you know, they say executive director, you gotta take the lead, you gotta manage your board. Step carefully with that advice. Step very carefully at the advice. Folks, I can tell you from personal example, or from personal experience, you may go well for you the first time, but eventually that will come up, come, up with you, uh, come up with you. So you have a tough decision to make. You've got to think about one uh, of things, the solution is one, get a, good, get a good rapport going on with your board director to be able to hopefully have a good safe space where you can express your concerns about where the directions are, those limitations are. Two, you need to be thinking about what kind of training has been put in place for board directors and in the succession planning and the choosing of, of good board directors, which by the way, needs to be led by them. You can, you can guide, it's, I, I think you need to think of yourself very much as, 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 uh, as those, 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 those mom movies that say the conciliary. You are there only to offer the advice and, and, and pointed advice and in the end, in the end, this took me many years to be able to learn on a personal level that in the end, you have to realize it's their organization to do what they will with it. They can run, either run it into the ground or hopefully decide to do better on this. You need to make that decision. If it comes to a point, frankly speaking, where they're not willing to take your advice, well, then I'm sorry. You also have to make a point of deciding as, as to whether or not this is, this is the place that you can make an input at. But going down, I, I must vehemently disagree with a lot of some of the stuff that I'm hearing out there on the space where, where executive directors have to manage their board and like this. I, I've seen this, it, it doesn't work out well for them. It doesn't work out well for them. You can be, you know what? You have to ask yourself a question. Do you want to be right or do you want to be employed? <laughs> okay. Uh, it took me, it took me a hard lesson in life to be able to learn that, learn that. So those will be the lessons I'd have. And then the second, and then the, the, the other part to that uh, there is, is, I guess, the advice that, that, and part of the good reason why I founded the society and was so emphasis on, on, on the society is there are a lot of good board directors out there that want to have a good rapport with their CEO. So you have to be, uh, either be willing to invest in, in, in board training, but that in itself, in and itself, is not going to be enough and alone because A, not all, I found a few things. One, not all board directors, because they, they're at a state, often they're at a state of they don't know what they don't know. So going to pitch them some training on how to, be, how to do their volunteer job can be a bit of a touchy situation. You have to first stay there. That's why. And, and secondly, getting the approval for, uh, for you know, that training in itself is not always the easiest thing. That's why, frankly, I've found that the Society of Nonprofit Board Directors has been just has been a great stepping stone for encouraging board directors of, aware of, of going down that line of the fact that they can at least be a sounding board from learning from other uh, board directors and their colleagues as such. I mean, look, as, as, as a CEO, a former CEO and executive director myself, 
I know from going from to ASAE events to CSAE events in Canada, Canadian Society Association, etc. I've learned enormous amounts from just from my colleagues as well. So um, I, 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 limits of time, I could probably go on and on and on. I don't want to dominate there, but that would be a few of my lessons there is one, tread carefully, get a good rapport with your, uh, with your board chair, if at all possible. If it's not possible, then you also have to be willing to have enough of that introspection and uh, to, to be able to say, uh, can I make the impact or not? Or is this time to maybe just to move on uh, as well? I love it. So would that change, would your advice here change at all if the ED is on the other side of the spectrum where they have a board and they can't capture their attention, they don't show up to meetings and they're having a really hard time getting direction and getting you know, the impact that the board can make out of them. Would it be the same approach or how would you, what would you do with that situation, Mark? Well, I, I got to say from my perspective, although at, at the time I didn't think so, but in, with, with the benefit of time, if, if I had to pick, the, 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 pick your poison, that's probably the better of the poison of the two. But uh, yeah, there is, a, there is a, a requirement there as well for you to be able to reach out to your board uh, chair in, in this instance as well. That rapport that has to exist between the board chair or board president or whatever title you give them and the chief staff officer has to be really good. They have to be able to get along uh, good uh, as well. You also have to be able to do some analysis of yourself as an executive director, president there, as to is this the type of role, honestly, that you can personally take on? You know, this is the only rule I know of, only job I know of, where you get a different boss every year or two. So just as you started to, right. like in any other kind of job, you've got a boss, you've got somebody you've got to respond to or like this, you kind of learn their working style and you, and, and you learn to maneuver and, and work around this. Well, guess what? But this is the only rule that just as you start to get to comfortable with this, oh, you got to change. That's right. But in that kind of a role as well, you've got to have an established, um, uh, an established rapport with that board chair. In some ways, hopefully it might even be a little bit easier because uh, in that instance, at least, you can have a real frank conversation to say, you know, we're doing, maybe we're doing okay, but did you know that there are other boards that have done this and they've had this much success out of this? In both instances, I think where executive directors maybe miss the mark or the opportunity is that they fail perhaps to think about why is it that somebody volunteers on a board? Why, why do they do this? Why do they, why do they take time away from their family, from their career, their busy life, their other kind of commitments? There's probably, and they do it as on a, on a volunteer ba uh, you know, basis. Sure, if you gave them the choice, they, they, they could probably find a lot of other things that they could fill their time up with. And ultimately, and I have a conversation just with uh, a, a full board uh, just, just yesterday. I, I always open up my conversations on the consulting side because I'm, I'm curious to see a little tongue in cheek, why do you put yourself through this? <laughs> Which inevitably always gets, gets some chuckles on this, but in the serious side of things, they have a desire to want to feel like they are giving back, that they're contributing, that they're valued, that they in their small little bit and their small little contribution, however it is, has made a difference for the cause, profession, industry, whatever that is. And that, and, and within that in mind, I think executive directors, if you try to keep that in mind and saying, how can I help facilitate that? You're going to, you're going to definitely 
help build that rapport, a better, a much more productive rapport with your board as well. Love it. Mark, you have just given us gold here today. This has been fantastic. A couple last questions here. This is one of my favorite questions to ask my guests. You know, we all know that within associations, um, even with the staff and, and, the, and the board, it takes a lot of volunteers to make associations really fly with educational events and membership and marketing, government affairs, like all of the pieces, fundraising, all the pieces that it takes to make uh, an association fly. Uh, is there a particular association volunteer that we refer to as association superhero volunteer that you've worked with in the past that you'd like to give a shout out to? I think it's of great value when we honor people and we show our gratitude toward people. And I think it's extremely important in our society today like to, to stand out there and say, hey, man, you did a great job and I appreciate you. Any association superhero volunteer you toss out today? You know, one of I, I just shout out to and, and a sincere thanks would be Jane Garson, who right from the beginning believed in the, you know, believed in the Society of Nonprofit Board Directors. She's been with us from day one. She was one of the founding members. She remains one of the founding members. She's She's literally has not missed, I don't think she's missed a single executive roundtable discussion, a virtual roundtable discussion where, and, 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 and her input on a variety of subjects that are all very, very pertinent to board directors, uh, both as herself being an interim executive director and a board director herself on, on probably, it's just been fantastic. So uh, Jane, if you ever see this, I, I wanna say personally, a thank you to you and for your continued support of the society. That, that's fantastic. And we'll make sure that we do all we can to make sure Jane hears this fantastic shout out you gave her. Well, Mark, thank you for being a guest. If our audience wants to follow up and ask more questions of you or, or learn more or, or maybe bring you in as a consultant, how's the best way for people to find you? Well, two things. I'll make a pitch directly out to you as executive directors. Look, I'm with you. I hear you. I feel your pain. If you're going through different challenges, even if your board's going is, is uh, relationship is great right now, I've seen it. I've been, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Eventually at some point you're going to be dealing with a, cha a challenging board. And the best way that you can encourage them to be a better boss for them is to offer resources and opportunity networks where they can learn from their respective colleagues as well as other not-for-profit board directors. So I'm going to encourage, first of all, them to a message out to them to go to exec director, Dot nonprofitboarddirectors.org, where you can have a special message just specifically for you to encourage getting them on the step towards doing their own professional development so they can be a better boss to you. Anybody else wanting to reach out to me certainly can uh, look, uh, look me up at, uh, as well and reach out to me at any given point in time, mark at markbrusan.com. And we'll put the contact information there uh, in the show notes. Mark, thank you. And thanks all for listening and being a part of today's episode. Uh, my gift to you today is a free chapter from my Amazon number one bestseller, Unleashing Your Superpower. This is a full chapter on crafting a message and how you craft a simple message to persuade your audience. Free for you just by texting the word persuade to 66866. Persuade to 66866. And I'll see you all next week as we discover another victory by association. You've been listening to Victory by Association with Jeff Tippett. If you've enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, and review. Be sure to check out the show notes for links relating to this episode. For information about becoming a sponsor or guest, please email podcast at jefftippett.com.